So turning to our second segment, uh, while the pandemic and the election uh, uh, continued uh, are dominating the headlines at the moment, Black Lives Matter organizing uh, continues. And we're going to be joined in a moment by uh, uh, organizer uh, Jess. Uh, uh, she's a um, Brooklyn community organizer in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement who works with the No Name Group and Brooklyn for Black Lives on community organizing initiatives initiatives and protest actions. Jess, are, are you there? I am. Hi. Hi. Well, welcome to the Independent News Hour. Thank you. Thank you for so much for having me. Certainly. I, uh, can you tell our listeners a, a little bit about your group and, and, and what you all have uh, been doing recently? Uh, well, our group has been protesting uh, since the end of May when George Floyd was murdered, and um, it pretty much has been protesting actions and demonstrations. Um, I started with the No Name Group, which a lot of people who are in the activism and um, BLM organizing uh, circles are aware of. So if you know No Name, we are the group with No Name, but we have a name based on people calling us No Name. Um, right. But we we all gathered to to have a voice in in what was happening in this movement and in in this country um so from there i met some other great strong organizing leaders in their own right and we formed brooklyn for black lives where we focused most of our efforts in communities of color in brooklyn um and both groups um have been heavily involved in mutual aid work for communities of color. And what mutual aid work is pretty much just self-starter community um, initiative work where it's not so much dependent on, um, you know, city council members or any legislative um, entity. Uh, it's mostly community and grassroots led. And we, we pretty much, we take the helm and we, we empower the community to also be a part of that. And then the community from, from our guidance takes over and, and sustains itself. Um, recently, we just put in a community fridge in uh, Crown Heights uh, with Brooklyn for Black Lives uh, with, with some support from the uh, No Name group. And uh, we were seeking to do more of that kind of work, you know, community cleanups, uh, different school drives and t clothing drives, toy drives, food drives, things like that. So that's that's in a nutshell uh, who we are. Right, and 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 uh, how has the um, community in Crown Heights responded to the to the fridge? Is it getting a lot of use? Actually, yeah, it is. It's actually gone pretty. It's been going pretty well. We we did a lot of like on the ground work um, in terms of you know just keeping our ears to the ground of like who would be able to help us. Um, who would be supporting um, the sustainability and, and maintenance of the fridge. And mm -hmm. there are a lot of people in that area who are down to just be, you know, volunteer their time and effort to making sure that it's clean and that's well stocked and that it's, it's kept, um, it, it's kept up. Uh, so it's only been up there for about maybe a week and a half, I want to say now, and it's been fully stocked every day. Um, people come by and drop off food. We have, we have, refrigerator uh or fridge keepers as we call them and they stop by and check on it and we have like our networks of of acquiring um good quality food to provide the fridge with so it's been pretty successful in this first week but 
you know, we're we're trying to cover all our bases and, and account for the outlying elements that might um, affect the fridge negatively. But uh, so far, it's been positive. That's great. And and so the 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 a community fridge is placed on the sidewalk and and, and has an electrical hookup to somewhere nearby yeah. that keeps it functioning yeah. all the time. Is that how it works? So. So typically with community fridge work, you have to broker a relationship with um, a business like a bodega or some kind of shop that's going to supply the electricity. Um, And so we did a lot of like, like I said, on the groundwork where we went from bodega to bodega to bodega um, and tried to get them to support. But a a lot of times the apprehension uh, is, is pretty much they don't like the idea of, you know, people who are unhoused coming up and being in front of their place of business, you know, they, they don't like that kind of um, that kind of audience and that kind of attention. And so we had to really, you know, drive the point that, hey, people who are unhoused shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't be ashamed of them or, or see them as a problem. They, they, this is there to help people, you know. Um, thankfully, we, we have a relationship with Brooklyn Combine, which is a collective of really um, innovative lawyers and also just community members who focus a lot of their efforts in, in law, but also mentoring programs in, in different areas, arts and science. Um, and because they are uh, all black, they wanted to support an initiative that catered to the black community um, and acknowledged you know, food insecurity and the different lack of um, healthy food options that a lot of BIPOC communities um, you know, don't have access to. Uh, so that's that's pretty much how it is um, sustained. It is outside of their business, and it is on its uh, sidewalk adjacent. It's on the sidewalk, um, and they have a power cord that runs from their office to the um, to the fridge. Uh, but it's it's a pretty much its own little its own little station. That's a little function. And, and and y'all are thinking of, of trying to open more community fridges uh, going forward. Yeah, so we, through our relationship with the Brooklyn Combine, who's hosting this fridge, we um, they connected us to someone who might be able to find us a location in the Brownsville, East New York area. Um, so we're looking into that, and hopefully either the first or second week of January, we can put up another one. And our, our goal is to essentially do multiple in different neighborhoods of Brooklyn. So, you know, hopefully at one point we'll be able to put in you know, maybe one or two more in Crown Heights or one or two more in Brownsville and, and in Flatbush and, and different areas in Brooklyn that really do need a community fridge and food pantry. Fantastic. And, of course, you also do uh, protests and direct actions as well. And we had a mm-hmm. reporter at uh, one of your marches in November uh, where a, yes. a couple hundred people marched from the Barclay Center to Brooklyn Borough Hall and she was yes. impressed uh, with the safe, safety protocols that you all employed and, and, and the care that mm-hmm. you all and forethought you all put into protecting everybody uh, who was in, participating in those marches. Uh, can you talk yes. a little bit about, more about how you all approach, approach those situations? Uh, well, <clears throat> with, the, the, with our group, uh, the group with no name or the unnamed group, no name group, however you want to call us, we have a... Um, we have essentially a protocol committee, a misconduct committee, that um, internally that we we 
try to acknowledge abusive situations and harmful situations that happen internally in the protesting space because as much as we like to keep each other safe, we do acknowledge that there are people within our space that do cause harm. Um, and our goal is to not be punitive in our response to that harm should we be made aware of it um, because we're not trying to reenact the carceral system because we're so vehemently against it. Um, so the protocols that we announced at the beginning of the march are based in that kind of harm. You know, if you if someone's being verbally abusive or physically abusive um, or socially abusive in some way, uh, you have every right to not be okay with that and, and to contact one of the organizers and let them know that something's going on. And we have our standard protocol of, you know, helping people out of harmful situations and just keeping an eye on the person that is... Um, identified as, as causing the harm, uh, but we also cater to the person who is causing harm in, in, in the sense that we acknowledge that that person might be going through something and that they don't need to, to necessarily be, uh, be also abused, because that's what our, our, um, our penal system does. It just abuses the abuser further and then tries to reinsert insert that abused person into society without any kind of rehabilitation. So we see this as a chance to, because we're fighting uh, the carceral system and because we're fighting police brutality, we're trying to form like our own safety measures within our community that aren't based in um, punitive abuse. Um, and so that that's pretty much the, the notion behind our safety protocols. And then we have standard like physical safety in terms of your environment, you know, making sure that everybody is kept in, a, in in good pace when we're walking and, you know, everyone has a good perimeter around them so that their the cars and, and other bystanders of the march are not um, being harmed or causing harm. Um, we always have, like, a, a bunch of bikers kind of uh, act as a protective border uh, for our protests, and they do an amazing job, and they really are uh, putting themselves in harm's way because the police have actually attacked us a few times, and they go for our bikers. Um, so we we do as much as we can to protect people who come out to support what we're doing because the reality is what we're doing is very dangerous. And um, you can see that by the, 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 the amount of um, police presence and abuse that we have experienced through the course of the BLM movement. Right. And, of course, uh, as you know, uh, Defund the police has become a, a point of controversy, at least for some, in, in recent weeks mm -hmm. after the elections. Uh, some mm -hmm. saying that uh, too militant or, or uh, too too radical. And uh, one of those people who uh, was recently uh, criticizing defund the police uh, as a, as a slogan or a a, a, a motto uh, was former President mm -hmm. Barack Obama uh, on his uh, okay. uh, book tour and. Uh, yeah. We have we have a clip here of uh, of President Obama. I, I think we can uh, roll here in a second, and I'll ask ask for your uh, thoughts about it. Okay, cool. You believe, as as I do, that we should be able to reform the criminal justice system so that it's not biased and treats everybody fairly. I guess you can use a snappy slogan like defund the police, but you know you've lost a big audience the minute you say it, which makes it a lot less likely that you're actually going to get the changes you want done. Jess, your thoughts? Yeah. 
Um, I this is so funny because I've had this conversation with members of my own family. <laughs> um, the problem that I see with uh, the defund this police slogan uh, from from people whom I've conversed with is that it's too inflammatory. It's too radical of an idea. Um, and it just lets me know that people are scared to embrace it based on the language and they want it to be in this nice little care package um, for them. And it, it's, 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 a, it's another form of coddling to the point of not actually doing anything. Um, I think inflammatory language can be very, very effective um, because if we, you know, back when Mark Rodney King was happening, no one was saying defund the police, but that's essentially what the the whole message was behind the pe- people rioting and people protesting was that the police needed to to incur some kind of change and radical change. But back then, the language wasn't there. And uh, so not much was done. You know, fast forward almost 30 years in the future here now, we're saying defund the police and people are actually listening because of that inflammatory language and given the history of what's been happening with police brutality in this country. Um, so I, I just think it's a cop out when people say that, oh, it's too inflammatory or that it's not going to get you what you want. Actually, I think catering to people's sensibilities in this manner actually enables the system to be abusive because it's not really highlighting how serious this is. People are dying by the hands of police and you want to package the, you know, you want to package handling that in a careful way. No, they weren't careful with people's lives. So why do I need to be careful when I say that they need to be eradicated? Um, so I, 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 I'm very, very against uh, this whole idea that defunding the police, uh, the terminology, why we're focusing on syntax, I don't know. The message is clear. Something needs to be done. Defunding the police needs to be done. And I'm an abolitionist, so abolish the police uh, is what our group is about. So, uh, yeah, I am like don't care for the Barack Obama's argument. And, he, you know, him as a president, I'm sure he, he did some good, but there is a lot of things that um, people don't criticize him over. Um, and police brutality is one of them and, and deportation and the, and the drone strikes and everything. There's a lot that I think he gets away with as a politician um, that we right. don't readily criticize. <laughs> right. So we're going to have to go here in about uh, 30 seconds, but uh, last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can mm-hmm. you let people, uh, let our listeners know uh, who are interested uh, how they could uh, get involved with or uh, help out? Yes the no-name group or Brooklyn for Black Lives in the work you're doing? Yes. Um, so if you'd like to reach out to us, you can always go to our Instagram. Um, our Instagram is at BK uh, number four BL um, on Instagram. And then we have BK Fridges, which is at BK Fridges. Um, and you can help out there and reach out to us. And if you'd like to be coordinated with with the fridge effort, you can. If you want to be coordinated with something else, you also can. Um, if you want to reach out to the no-name group, we we remain anonymous in, in that we don't have a uh, place to go. Uh, but you can go to, uh, on Instagram anyway, you can go to americaontrial.com for the no-name group and all the things that they do there. And you can also reach out to me. Uh, my Instagram is at J-E-S-D-A-B, um, at J-E-S-X-D-A-B. Sorry about that. 
um, Jess Davis. If you just put Jess Davis in there, you'll find it. Um, and you can always just approach me and we can have a conversation. Fantastic. Well, Jess, uh, from the No Name Group, thank you so much for joining us this evening on the Independent News Hour. Of course. Thank you.